Welcome to Voices, a podcast brought to you by the Seneca Valley School District. I'm Jeff Krakoff with Kira Boback, who is Director of Human Resources for the Seneca Valley School District. Thanks for joining us, Kira. I, I know that you've, uh, in addition to in your past, been a teacher, assistant principal, principal. You, you've been an administrator um, at the district for about 14 years now. So this has to be like a school year like no other, right? We're dealing, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, can we just start with maybe some of the numbers? You know, I, it, Seneca Valley is a huge district, but just let people know, what are the numbers when, when it comes to enrollment, when it comes to staff members? Yeah. Um, so if I start, I'll start maybe with the student piece. Um, Seneca Valley School District uh, currently has a little over 7,000 students enrolled in the district's grades K through 12. Mm-hmm. Um, that consists of cross-servicing those students' nine buildings. So kind of to break that down and give you a better picture, we have four elementary buildings, grades K through four, two buildings that service grades five and six, and then on our secondary campus, we have grades seven and eight, which is our Ryan Gloria Middle School. And then we have the Intermediate High School and the high school, which services our students nine through 12. So that comprised, like I said, K through 12, a little over 7,000 students. Um, to get to your question about the makeup of our staff, um, looking at our total number of employees, we have 854. And if you break that down by employee groups, And our teacher group, which we call our professional group, so that is comprised of our teachers, school counselors, our nurses, our special area teachers, Mm -hmm. we have 564. In our classified employee group, which consists of our secretaries, paraprofessionals, cafeteria, maintenance, custodians, we have 233. Um, And then, of course, um, we have administrators at each building servicing, you know, principal, assistant principal. And then at our central office, we have directors, supervisors, our superintendent, assistant superintendent. So that total number comes to 854. So um, yes, we are quite large. So um, during these challenging times, as we are rethinking and reinventing our ways and our daily operations, um, you have to take that number into consideration most certainly. Um, to to ensure that we are prepared for our daily operations to start the school year. Okay, yeah, quite a large operation. So I don't know anybody working anywhere that's not at least a little bit concerned about COVID-19. So tell me a little bit about some of the challenges and what the district is doing to support staff to help them, you know, reduce the risk of exposure and the chances of of becoming ill through the school year. Um, yes, I, I, you know, I would definitely um, agree with you that there is, you know, uncertainty. Um, you know, we, we have individuals that are anxious, you know, um, they're apprehensive about returning. Um, that's understandable. I think across whether, you know, whatever you're doing in your daily life, I think we're all concerned, whether that's going to a grocery store, going to a restaurant, going to whatever you need to do in your, in your personal world. Um, now transfer that into your professional life and, and those feelings don't change. And so um, the administrative team, you know, in collaboration with our employee groups have been working um, this since, since summer 
to prepare for this return, um, to ensure and put people's minds at ease so that we make people feel safe, um, most importantly. So we want to return. That's important for our students. We want to make sure we're educating them. They belong here in our buildings. Our staff belong in these buildings, but people need to feel comfortable and safe. And so in order to do that, um, we need to identify and, and hear from these people, hear their voices, um, let them have a voice of why they've been concerned. And that was kind of the process through our back to school return task meeting where people had a voice where, okay, here are, here are concerns, how are, here are some possible solutions. And so now we've compiled all those, you know, we have a health and safety plan that has been board approved by our school board of directors. Um, and so now it's taking all those items in that health and safety plan and, and really putting them into action. So how do we um, keep people safe? Well, we, you know, start with educating them about self-monitoring, you know, your own personal health, taking mm -hmm. your temperature daily, um, you know, being in tune with your body and how you're feeling and, and being aware of what are the symptoms of COVID-19. And, and if you're not feeling well and you have other symptoms, you know, it, is that a cold? Is that possibly the flu? Um, but being more than ever in tune with how we feel physically. Right. And then also knowing, okay, what can we do to be proactive? So, you know, educating ourselves on hand washing, um, keeping social distancing in the workplace, um, using face coverings, you know, knowing the health safety protocols that are put in place by our nurses. Mm -hmm. What will we do to respond to students if they're not feeling well? And how have those processes changed um, moving into the school year? Because they have changed. So, you know, trying to make sure that um, we're doing our best to stay on top of it and educate, keep the social distance, um, make sure that, you know, we're cleaning, we're disinfecting, you know, and just answering and being there for people so that if they have concerns, what can we do for them? And then, of course, you have adults that um, have underlying health issues. And so I've had numerous conversations with those employees to say, you know, what can we do to support you so you can return? Is there anything we can do? Mm -hmm. And if we can, we're going to do our best to do that, um, but in a safe way. So accommodating, you know, making accommodations for those who have health risks and underlying health issues so that we could have our daily operations and our buildings um, can be staffed to service our students. So great segue talking about staffing to, to help support the students. Uh, I imagine as, as every school district is going to deal with um, staff members that either need to self-quarantine for one reason or another uh, maybe come sick. How big of a role do substitutes play this fall? And is there anything uh, in particular we're doing to bolster that? Um, yes, uh, substitutes um, play a critical role. Um, you know, they are very important to our daily operations as in every year. You know, we value those that are interested and willing to serve. Um, that is not an easy job to take on and come into a classroom. Um, and, and fill the shoes of, of a teacher. So we value them and um, we are glad that we have those that are interested in joining us this fall. So we already have several that have been board approved, more than several. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so we have our count ready to start the school year. 
But one thing that the district has done to think creatively and outside the box to kind of prepare for the unknown um, of what we're going to face as everybody returns, and if we do see high absenteeism within our faculty, um, is that on July 20th, the school board of directors um, approved a financial incentive program uh, for permanent day-to-day -day substitutes at our buildings grades K through 12. So what this looks like is at our elementary, we're looking to secure you know, three permanent day-to-day -day extended substitutes. At our secondary, it would be five due to their size of their building. Mm -hmm. um, and these individuals would work in our buildings um, for the first 30 days of school consecutively. Um, and if they could commit to that and be in our buildings for 30 days, then on day 31, uh, the school board of directors would have approved to uh, give them a 30, 300 dollar bonus. And so the idea behind this thinking is that if we have individuals that are out and you know they put that absence in our online reporting system and the assignment was not picked up by an individual, then we have kind of this extra layer of support so that we could take someone that's serving their being there and say, okay, can you fill in for this individual for right. this day? Right. Well, sub substitutes are so important. Uh, that, that sounds like a great program. You mentioned before, you know, having a health and safety plan for everything from self-monitoring to, to other things. Will there be any type of training for staff so that they're fully aware of, of what they can do and should be doing? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have uh, several days on our calendar set aside for, you know, professional development training for our staff. Um, and so this is a critical piece that has been um, identified. So we do have, I mentioned Liz Williams, our nurse administrator, um, developed a training for our teachers, for all of our staff, so that they are aware of what they need to do. Um, what are the symptoms of COVID-19? How do we self-monitor our own health? How do you properly wear face coverings? How do you set up your classrooms and how do you maintain that social distancing so that we could keep them safe? Mm -hmm. um, in addition, I will note that in addition to our staff receiving this training, um, we talk about the importance of substitutes. And so we don't want to forget about them. So we are offering, you know, two sessions. So if they're not available, these will be via Zoom. Um, they will have the opportunity to log in, receive the training. Um, and that's not just, you know, for those that are serving as our long-term substitutes or our day-to-day -day substitutes who have already been secured for, you know, so, so to speak, long-term absences. But these are individuals that just could come in and work at their, their choice. You know, when they pick up their assignments, we want to make sure they feel comfortable, they feel comfortable, confident reporting. Um, we see them as our employees, so they will receive the offering of this training as well. And if they're unable to attend, then our plan is to, after those two sessions are offered, to you know, send that training materials, materials to them via email okay. so that they could reference them. And they will have the opportunity to follow up with any questions to the school nurses if there's something that they don't understand um, and they need you know, extra clarification on. All right, so whether I'm a staff member, a parent, member of the community, uh, is there a final message you, you'd, you'd like to leave us with? Um, well, I, I, I want people to know that we are doing our best and working diligently um, to have a safe return 
uh, for all. You know, that is our top priority is that people feel comfortable and know that we put in these extra measures to ensure the safety of not just our students, of our staff, of our visitors, um, of everybody that comes in contact with our students. You know, students, we want them to return, but we want them to return safely and want people to feel confident and comfortable. And so, um, we have worked hard to put together this plan and, and we feel confident now that it's time for us to kind of put it into action. And so I think, I think we're well prepared. Mm -hmm. And so um, just know that we are, are here and we'll continue to work and monitor and adjust and pivot as need be. Whatever we need to do to make sure that learning can continue. Um, you know, the academics are important, the emotional piece, the social piece, but safety is our top priority. Okay. Kira Bobak, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, good luck as we return to school this fall. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Take care.